This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings. This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments. Welcome to this weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim our Sunday Mass readings. Welcome to the 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time. It's the 30th of October. And so slowly moving into the final few weeks of this liturgical season and continuing to be open to the rich readings that the church presents us each day. Well, I just received this holy card. It's a prayer to offer your Sunday Mass for priests. And this was published by the Missionaries of the Holy Spirit. They reside here in the Archdiocese of Portland. They reside in other parts of the world as well, but they have missionaries here in our area. And it's a beautiful icon that was written from a local uh, woman here, actually, Kathy Seavers, a beautiful icon of Christ. And so I just wanted to open this particular podcast and invite you to pray for your priest, pray for your parish priest. And if you don't have a parish and you're just finding this podcast for some reason, then look in your community. Is there a Catholic church? Will you just say this prayer on behalf of the priest who serves at that Catholic church that's near you in geography? Let us pray for our priests in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, for the glory of your holy name, we offer you Jesus, the incarnate word, whom we have received in the sacrament of his love and in whom you are well pleased. Through Mary Immaculate, we offer ourselves united with Christ for the sanctification and increase of your priests Pour your divine spirit upon them, give them a great love for the cross, and make fruitful their pastoral work. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's continue to pray for our priests as we hear how we encounter Christ. And this, the theme that came to me looking at the readings that we have for this 31st Sunday in Ordinary Time is Jesus sees me. Jesus sees me. Jesus sees you. And let's find out a little bit more what that means as we read sacred scripture. Our first reading today goes to the Book of Wisdom. And Wisdom is an interesting book to read. I'm certainly not a scholar of Wisdom, but if you actually read the whole chapter 11 and into chapter 12, you'll really get this pretty intensity. But we've got this particular section the Church gives us today, which is part of Wisdom chapter 11, 
and really focusing on the mercy of God, a reading from the Book of Wisdom. Before the Lord, the whole universe is as a grain from a balance or a drop of morning dew come down upon the earth. But you have mercy on all because you can do all things and you overlook people's sins that they may repent. For you love all things that are and loathe nothing that you have made. For what you hated, you would not have fashioned. And how could a thing remain unless you willed it or be preserved had it not been called forth by you? But you spare all things because they are yours, O Lord and lover of souls. For your imperishable spirit is in all things. Therefore, you rebuke offenders little by little, warn them and remind them of the sins they are committing, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. The Word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 145. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. I will extol you, O my God and King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. The Lord is good to all and compassionate toward all his works. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. The Lord is faithful in all his words and holy in all his works. The Lord lifts up all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. I will praise your name forever, my King and my God. Our second reading comes from the letter of St. Paul, his second letter to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and powerfully bring to fulfillment every good purpose and every effort of faith that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him in accord with the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. We ask you, brothers and sisters, with regard to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our assembling with him, not to be shaken out of your minds suddenly or to be alarmed either by a spirit or by an oral statement or by a letter allegedly from us to the effect that the day of the Lord is at hand. The word of the Lord. Our gospel reading today comes from Luke chapter 19, 
verses 1 through 10. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Very powerful readings in the Book of Wisdom, of course, always from the letters of St. Paul and into today's Gospel of Luke. And this idea of Jesus sees me. I want to just go back to wisdom because as I read this again, there's this reminder of how awesome God is. You know, just try to visualize before the Lord, the whole universe, everything that our science has taught us about the cosmos and the universe and the planets and all of that is a grain, is as of a grain. You know, this is just a tiniest speck from a balance or a drop of dew that came down upon the earth. Just look outside your grass. Now, praise be to God, in the West Coast, at least where I live, there's been rain. And we haven't had rain for months. And we've had wildfires and forest fires and things that have really negatively impacted us. And just to see one drop of rain is this promise of hope, this promise of new life. And God has mercy on all things. So think about the most despicable person or the most despicable situation, whether it be war or the hurricanes or the forest fires or violence. And it even says in wisdom that God overlooks people's sins so that they may repent. There's this willingness like a parent to a child that your, your desire to discipline them, your love is even greater. Yes, we want the child to not touch the hot stove, to not run out in the street where they may get hurt, um, to not fight with their brother or sister or with the children at the playground, or even protect them from even harsher consequences. 
but that there's this knowledge of God that with such love, we may repent. We may realize this isn't really the right thing to do. And that you rebuke offenders little, little by little, just in a way that I may recognize something greater is at hand and warn us of the sins that we are committing, reminding us that I love this line, and this line takes me into the gospel, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. And as I read that today for you, for the Lord, that love, that awesomeness, there's a desire in that love that you be perfect like me. We're not divine beings, but we are created by the divine, for the divine, to love the divine. But we're in this human nature, this human nature that has a tendency for sin, that has a preoccupation with sin. And yet the Lord desires us to believe in him, to see him. Because he saw us first. He saw us first. He fashioned us. And so looking at this scripture, and I first want to just, there was this great quote that came in my readings. Uh, I've just started going back to this in conversation with God. I mentioned this last week in my, in my commentary that it, it just has a nice couple of pages to reflect on, particularly the gospel, but it may tie in some of the other readings of Sunday. And when I get a quote from Pope St. John Paul II, I don't want to pass it up, but this is a quote from the Pope. He had an address in November of 1980, Pope John Paul II, and he said this. I love this. Do I want to see Christ? is in parentheses. Do I do everything to see him? This question 2000 years later is as relevant as it was then when Jesus passed through the cities and villages of his land. It is a relevant question for each of us personally today. Do I want to? Do I really want to see Christ? Or do I perhaps rather avoid the encounter with him, at least in my way of thinking and feeling? And if I already see him in some way, then do I prefer to see him from afar? Think about Zacchaeus. Not drawing too near, nor venturing before his eyes, so as not to perceive too much so as not to have to accept the whole truth that is in him. That comes from him, from Christ. So this idea that if we encounter Christ, if I encounter Christ, if I behold the face of Christ, I will behold truth. And that will, that will ask something of me. Maybe it will ask me to change. Is that drawing me too near to Christ? And so we think about Zacchaeus in the story 
we know some facts about him from what Luke presents. He's a wealthy man. He's a chief tax collector. So he has a position amongst the other tax collectors. So he's probably even more wealthy than the other tax collectors. And last week we heard about a tax collector who went to pray in the temple. And, and there was a comparison between the tax collector and his humility in prayer versus the Pharisee who prayed more to himself and acknowledged how wonderful and great he is at following these particular laws and rules. But now here's Zacchaeus. Now he's despised. If we know the position of the tax collector, he's a Jew, but he's gone against the Jews and he's working for the Romans. And so he's probably think about if you had a position of power over those peers, but now you're extorting, now you're taking money from them, maybe from the families that you grew up with as a kid. I think about in the movie or the TV series called The Chosen, there is a depiction of Matthew, who is a tax collector, we know in the Gospels, and we get to see a little bit of his life, and that may give us a sense of what, uh, how humiliating while being rich and wealthy and having material things in his heart and in his soul could be very disordered. So here's Zacchaeus, and he apparently knows about Jesus. We don't know how he knows about him, but certainly he must have heard. And a, a verse, a scripture before this happens, there's a healing of a blind man. And what I think is so interesting about that healing of a blind man, see if I can get to it in the Bible, is that that blind man is now accompanying Jesus. And so let's go to Luke here real quick. Luke chapter, it's not actually chapter 19, which we begin with today, which is Zacchaeus, the tax collector. But in chapter 18, we have the healing of the blind beggar. And so the blind beggar calls upon son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus asks, what do you want? He wants sight. He wants to see. He asks for what he wants. Lord, please let me see. Jesus told him, have sight. Your faith has saved you. He immediately received his sight and followed him. So now we hear that the blind beggar is following Jesus giving glory to God, and then all of the people praise God. Now, what I think is interesting is all the people are praising God, praising Jesus. This is so beautiful. Look at this blind beggar. He has been healed. And all of a sudden, we're going into Jericho, and here's where Zacchaeus lives. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Did you ever sing that song growing up? I grew up in the, it was either in the Baptist or the Lutheran church where I went, and we learned about Zacchaeus, you know, come down, for I'm calling you to your house today. And Zacchaeus wanted to see the Lord. There was a curiosity, who is this man? But notice that he, now, Luke points out that he's short, so maybe he can't see over the heads of the other people in the crowd. And so he climbs up this sycamore tree. Now, one of the homilies I heard about this is the sycamore or the fig tree has leaves. Now, who in the Old Testament covered themselves with leaves because of shame? 
you know, as Adam and Eve, that once they disobeyed God, they recognized their sin, and now they are covering themselves and even hiding from the God who can see them. They cover themselves with those leaves. And so Zacchaeus maybe is covered in the leaves. You know, I'm, I'm on this branch, but I can see through the leaves and I can see Jesus. But guess what? Jesus sees him. Jesus sees the man Zacchaeus. And he just doesn't say, hey, man, hey, you up there in the tree. But he knows it's Zacchaeus. Come down quickly, for I must stay at your house. Now, just a few moments ago, the crowd is praising God. And in the midst of, of witnessing a miracle, now they grumble. How hard-hearted they sway. Well, we'll cheer Jesus on this side and we'll kind of grumble. And how, how can you be speaking out to one of those, those guys those tax collectors, don't you know how bad they are to us Jews, the promised people? You know, how can you even speak to him? I can only imagine Jesus thinking, oh, I love all of you. There's no special son or daughter. You're all my special sons and daughters. I don't discriminate against. In fact, I love that one just as much as I love you. And so for for some divine reason, Zacchaeus changes. Immediately, he comes down, he encounters Jesus. He's, he's recognized by Jesus. He's called out by Jesus. His name is called. We don't know what exactly he experienced, but maybe was like the apostles who when Jesus calls out to Peter and Andrew and James and John, come and follow me. Zacchaeus is being called to follow the Lord, and he recognizes and immediately changes his ways. It's like he immediately repents. And so like in wisdom, that they may abandon their wickedness and believe in you, O Lord. This is what happened to Zacchaeus. He immediately abandons his way. He's been extorting and taking extra and, and all of this. I'm going to give back four times over. I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to change my way. Now it's not about my possessions. Now I have something that I've never had before. I have a relationship. Can you imagine this man? And we can, if you watch the episodes about Matthew in, in The Chosen, Matthew is so humiliated, he, he doesn't even want to go to his parents because his parents, his own parents have disowned him because of the job he has. And he's despised by everyone. I don't know how that feels. But when Matthew encountered the Lord, and I can only imagine when Zacchaeus encountered the Lord, this was a love beyond anything they had known Somebody loves me. This is, this is a love beyond all other loves. It's God's love. And, and, and Zacchaeus is a descendant of Abraham. He is going to have my love. And the son of man came to seek those that are like Zacchaeus. And this, this reading 
Wow, just reminds me. What what sycamore tree have you climbed up in life? You want to get a look at Jesus. You want to get a peer into his heart, but you're not going to go too close. Like the wisdom words we heard from St. John Paul II. Jesus wants to encounter us where we are. Are we going to show him who we are? Will we be willing to strip off the leaves in our lives to come down from that tree? And Jesus says, I'm coming to your house today. And salvation will come to the house who follows the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Have a blessed week. Let's walk with Zacchaeus into the life of Jesus Christ. Peace be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.